Work is not everything. A few days ago, I posted a small article talking about the manga artist Kentaro Miura. He passed away on May 6th of uh, 2021. I decided to go ahead and do this episode not so much about him, but about what he went through. And I don't know all the specifics. I simply want to reflect on the fact that this is a fellow whose work I knew. His manga, Berserk, is amazing. I've seen some of the artwork. I've seen that the influence that it carries for a lot of people who uh, look to his work for not only the storylines, the really wild artwork, and how they have brought it into their own works and their own creations. And it always gets me. This is the second artist that I'm sort of discovering after they've gone on and started to understand more and more about them. He, uh, he wasn't married. He didn't have any kids. And the cause of him, his passing was an aortic dissection. So the inner tissue of the aorta, it lacerates and it kind of makes a bag. And when the bag breaks, the outcome is fatal. High blood pressure, excess stimulants, things like that, you know, that is all the reason why that sort of thing can happen. And as I stated in my post, only an early diagnosis can save, you know, save somebody's life if they have that. The post I made also said, you know, how was Miura's life? And so they go into the autobiographical notes that he left in his comics. That right there sort of resonated with me. When I had created a lot of my previous comics, I would always have a forward and an afterward. They were sort of unofficial, but the front page and the back page were my little... It was like this this snapshot of where I was mentally, emotionally, all of these things after having created that particular book and sent it to the printer and everything else like that. That was that snapshot of where I was and how I felt about the work I was creating. But it also, if you read between the lines, and in some cases it was pretty, you know, pretty apparent, you could also see where I was just from a lot of different points in my life what I felt about my art career and that sort of thing. And it's been a long time since I've had any sort of outlet like that. So I was fascinated by the fact that he had this. So what I'm going to go ahead and do is read a list that when I first read through it, I'm not going to lie. I got a little emotional. It really kind of hit me. And um, for those of you listening, I want you to think about and listen to everything I say that was you know, from his, from his pen, from his mind and dwell on it for a second at the end. I had a fever at 40 thinking back only had two days off this year, 1993. I lost five pounds doing nothing. I wonder why 1993. For the past two months, I've slept on average less than four hours a night. 1993. I'll be 27 in July. Looking back, it's been 27 years of comics. Is this what I want? 1993. Since moving, my sleep hours have been less than four. 1994. It's the same every year. I have to work Christmas and New Year's. I'd like to celebrate for once. 
1994. Had a day off for the first time in a month and a half, and when I got out, I got a heat stroke. 1995. I bought new shoes and clothes for New Year's. I only have one pair of sneakers. 1996. I was in Okinawa for my first mangaka vacation, and for the first two and a half days, I was sick from a heat stroke. 1998. In the last month and a half, I've been out for two hours to eat dinner at a club. 2001. If I don't see people for a long time, my mouth doesn't work properly. 2002. My days off are half every are half day every two months. I haven't taken two consecutive days off in four years. Getting tired of it. 2004. Had another collapse due to super work. 2005. My 30 years are coming to an end. My life is a mess. Made only of manga. But it can't be returned to me, so I move on. I will be locked in the house again this year. 2006. After all... I won't be locked in the house because I feel lonely. 2006. It's been a week since I've been able to get out and chocolate has become a precious food. 2006. Two thirds of my body are made of energy bars. Does this mean that Berserk is sponsored by two thirds by the producer company? 2009. I didn't get to see Cherry Blooming live this year either. 2011. Now, when I read through that, I could understand. I could relate to some degree. I have long journaled, blogged, vlogged, just written down a lot of things over the years. I relentlessly photograph and do a lot of videography, most of it personal, just different things. I think I always have this crazy, I call it crazy, this thing inside of me where I'm worried that someday when I get old, I won't remember things. I am terrified of amnesia, of Alzheimer's, of you name it. The idea that I would forget about things that I've done in my life or people or places is just horrifying to me as a visual artist. I would think that losing my sight would be something it is losing my hearing would be horrid. I mean, I'd never be able to listen to music, which feels so very much of why I create everything from, you know, Jimi Hendrix to the Beatles to typo negative to Enya. I mean, the spectrum is wide and I love listening to all of it. But there's something about whenever, like this gentleman did, the hustle game becomes so strong. And if you know anything about the artists that are working on a lot of these mangas, 
it's not unusual to see them pulling 16 and 18 hour days to literally execute not only an incredible amount of work, but simultaneously and not unironically their own health by doing so. I have friends in the industry, phenomenal illustrators. Some of them are more tempered and they do a few works and they charge good money and they, you know, have opportunities to be able to, you know, do a lot of good things. There are others that work an incredible amount of hours. Their output is phenomenal. They are literally and figuratively machines in all definitions. And I don't mean that in a cold way. They still are able to produce works that have an incredible amount of emotion, technical prowess, and just nail deadlines and product, you know, product representations. Just it's amazing. I'm not that kind of guy. I do work on things and sometimes I struggle and, you know, I'm going to be completely honest and open here. Uh, Sometimes it's going back to the drawing board a couple of times. Sometimes it's being worn out. Today was a really good example of that. I woke up a little bit later in the day. It's been raining through the day. And it's been one of those things where I had I have freelance and I have other stuff that I'm needing to work on. I did piddle around with some of it. But ultimately, I ended up thinking to myself, you know, if you're not really feeling it right now, okay, take a break, step away from it for a little bit, get some other things done. So I did. I cleaned, decided to work on this podcast. This is actually the second take of it. I did. I actually did this podcast last night, but I didn't like how it turned out. A little behind the scenes there for you. Now, focusing on what this gentleman went through, at least from my point of view, looking back at all the little notes he wrote, and I'm not saying that that is by any means all of the notes. I have no idea if that's everything he wrote or these were just snippets taken out of a time frame of about 10 to 15 years. You know, but I can completely understand there's like I've said journals and notebooks and things that I have where a lot of my own self-doubt and a lot of my own worry and wonder about things comes into play and I'd worked for places where I mean since I got out of college even before that really where your own health is really just it only comes into into focus that that you're going to be the only one that can show the concern for it. A business, a boss, maybe even your coworkers probably aren't aware of or really care that much about your health. I'm saying that as a blanket comment that isn't meant to knock anyone down. I've spoken at length before prior. um, I remember when I was full time uh, at one particular job, this is when I was still at Hallmark. I had a really bad episode where I had anxiety hit me. I had a terrible, terrible terrible manager at that time, super micromanager. And, um, and it was a very weird circumstance where nothing I could do was right. I, I had messed up a lot of things. I had burned some bridges professionally and, and personally just gone through a lot of things. And, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing anymore. It felt like I couldn't learn fast enough. It felt like I wasn't prepared. Um, and I can let you guys in on one thing. There's people that can excel at a place, at any creative place, and get in there and understand the systems and the people and everything and work. And because, and in my mind, those are real professionals. They're extremely good at what they do. And then there are other people that maybe they can be good at the work, but they're not necessarily always the best fit. I've had 
psychiatrists and a couple of counselors in my time telling me that that just it wasn't really uh, uh, an environment that I w- should have ever really placed myself within. But to that point, that's also something that happens to a great many people. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that you aren't supposed to be working in that industry or toward that specific career career goal. It's just that it may be something where you're put into a circumstance that stress and all of these other things can really overwhelm you. And then you end up just moving forward and doing things because, well, why not? I have no other option or there isn't anything else or it's too late in my life to start over. Or I just, I don't want to learn new things. So I just want to do the same thing over and over again. And then it turns into this game of looking for a mirage, which is on the horizon and having grown up in Arizona, I'm all too familiar with those mirages on hot desert horizons. And the ones that are far more nefarious are the ones that either by the very nature of corporate America or even by public, you know, assumption can bury a person just completely and totally emotionally, mentally, the whole gamut of it. And I often wonder why this happens. Now, you know, the argument could be made that, you know, corporations very much in general simply want to put out products so that people get it and they can have it in hand and they can, you know, buy it from them, that sort of thing, and be damned with what people need for breaks or anything else like that. And truthfully, I've worked enough jobs in my life to know that it doesn't matter. It's not even just giant corporations. It can be mom and pop stores. It really can be. I, uh, I worked for a, a gentleman some years ago and, uh, I I would sooner wrestle a bear naked than ever work for this individual again. Um, I literally only made it four days in a work week. I, I walked out at lunch on a Thursday. He was uh, he was the kind of guy that he ran a business that did local advertising, only had really one big client from what I remember. Um, he was kind of a control freak, and I remember the stress points and, and freak out that I had from that. Um, which paralleled a lot of what I went through at Hallmark. I'm still continuing that story as well, too. But these are two circumstances. One was from a big company, and the other one was just a single proprietor, and there was two other employees there with me. So with the Hallmark one, I got real nervous, and I ended up getting so sick that I had to go home. I literally physically got sick from the stress. I think it was the very first time that I ever entered into hypertension, all these other things. And I started, that was the beginning of the end of me really realizing that, you know, there's not much here for me. I really like a lot of the people I work with. I was very close to some people, and I had friends that, you know, I still thankfully keep in touch with for the most part there. But as the years went on and I kept, and then I managed to stay there for another five years, right? Because the money was good, because the environment was pretty cool and I was comfortable for the most part. And I, I got to work full time. Then my area got downsized. Then I came back as contract and then almost got hired full time. And it was just all these things constantly pushing myself from that. Now, a lot of that was myself gearing up and freaking out and worrying about a lot of things until finally it came to one one spectacularly bizarre moment where I was like, you know what? I'm done. (laughs) And I had to walk away from it just to keep my own sanity, which it was amazing because it was a larger corporation and the, and the opportunities and the chances and the people I was around made it that much more easy to cope with. It did not end like it did with this one guy who just ran his little business literally out of his basement, 
the office was the basement, like family den thing. So if you're from the Midwest and you know, these split level houses where you walk in the door and you've got a half a stairwell that goes up to the a living room and half one that goes downstairs to the den. Um, and like the washroom and that sort of thing. Okay. So it was downstairs. So you'd come in the front door, you'd go downstairs and, um, I'll never forget the first day I was there filling out all this paperwork. And one of the first things that he asked me was, do you have a suit? Do you have anything like that for client meetings? I'm like, no, why would I have a suit? And he didn't think that was funny. He didn't think it was funny that I thought it was funny. And it turned out that he wanted people to bring in good clothing because as he said, I can't trust that anyone's going to dress up nice for these meetings. And I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, I am. I I'm working here because I don't have any income at the time. Um, so it's going to be like at least two weeks before I can go buy a suit. And he's like, well, don't you have a credit card? No, no, I don't, I don't have a credit card. And so we got, we, we kind of got off on the wrong foot and I thought, oh, this, this may not work, but I really needed a job at the time. Right. So I think at that point in time, I was only doing security part-time, wasn't a lot of money even for that job. So I was like, I need something else. And I was still going by that whole vicarious, bizarre kind of thing where I'm like, well, everyone else has got design jobs. I should go ahead and hook up with this place and try and work my little magic here. I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I did design wise, but this was working in, you know, video and I did, I didn't know premiere or audition or anything. I didn't know anything of that. I don't even know if those were, I don't know if audition was around at that time. No, I don't think it was Adobe, Adobe products. Sorry for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about. Um, sorry, the memories are coming fast and furious now. <laughs> um, so after, you know, figuring that out, I, I was like, okay, cool. Use the restroom, went in there. Sure enough, there's his suit and the other two ladies, nice clothing in there in the bathroom, a large converted bathroom. And so I come back out, I sit down and he starts saying about how, you know, we have these, all these little video projects. Then he used this term called tag it, tag it and bag it. And it was just to get it done as quickly as possible. And we had to be working on some other stuff and I needed to be learning premiere at the time. And I, I had no guidance. I had a, this dry book that I had to read from. It just wasn't working. I, I remember thinking to myself, like, what have I done? And because the the way the office was set up, he sat at this massive wooden desk behind me. And there was this other lady that sat right next to me at another Mac. And our Macs were for graphic design. So we also did some graphic design there. But he didn't want me doing the graphic design. He wanted me learning the the software, which was fine. But... I couldn't ask any questions because then I was biting into her time. I, I, I couldn't cross that zone. And we had one other lady that worked and she sat right next to the boss at what was supposed to be a desk, but it was a glorified hutch. And it had like this little fold out thing and her keyboard was, it was super awkward. And the chair he gave her was tiny. I don't know if it was on purpose or what was going on. And so I'm sitting toward, you know, like I said, on the front, I'll never forget. I was sitting on the front right hand side. And then the other lady was on the left-hand side. So he could see our monitors to make sure we weren't pulling up any social media or YouTube or anything else like that. Um, and he always had cable TV running. It was always running. And he would also run these VCR tapes of the uh, the stuff, the, the adverts that we did, the video adverts that we did of his client. And um, that was always weird to me. It was like, I don't know. It was just really weird. It was like, I get it. You know, you want to show off your work. You're proud of it and everything else like that. But the the whole loop was only like 15 minutes, but he had it, you know, 
re-recorded on extended long play on this VHS tape. So it was like 90 minutes of the same videos over and over again playing. And I was really grateful after the first day when he turned that off and we were just watching, I think it was C-SPAN or something. I'm not even kidding. It was really weird because he would also like have these weird meetings where he would write on on whiteboards and which was the first time I'd ever seen something like that. You know, I, I don't know why that struck out to me. It was such a different thing because his whiteboard was on this easel and there was nowhere on the wall to put anything. And it was just up on this little, you know, three footed easel and he would bang his little dry erase markers on there and remind me consistently, like, you know, if you work for me, you can actually, you know, claim your, your, uh, your cable TV as a business expense because you're doing research, watching commercials and stuff. And I was like, this guy is, is a little off, which normally I don't care. I like eclectic and very erratic people. I really do. I'm one myself. And, and I don't even mean that like in the cool way, but (laughs) this guy was something else. And And I noticed that, like, the first day I could kind of tolerate it, but he also had a really mean streak about him. And he was, I have no problem with how somebody will run a business or do things. But I kept thinking to myself, this is, this just isn't for me. And the fact that that happened that early, and I didn't really have any misgivings about it, just, and it kept building up. And and I just, there was nothing I could do right. And I wasn't learning it fast enough. And all these other things, I'll never forget, he, the, the, uh, the job listing had it where you could make up to, I believe it was 32,000 a year, but you started, this was crazy. You started at 19,000 a year. Okay. With the option for the bonus, the sign on bonus after staying there 90 days, then they would apply the rest of that that went up to the rest of it on the rest of your paychecks moving forward. And there was something in my head that said, nobody else has lasted 90 days in the chair that I sit in. They either took their own life samurai style or they're still running forced gum style in any direction the hell away from here. I did get to know the other two ladies there to a certain point. And the designer that sat next to me was very nice, very helpful. And I could see that she was exasperated you know, exasperated with a lot of what he did, but he was, she was also his star. She did all the video stuff and everything else like that. He had some knowledge, but he was more of a, a marketing and, and management style guy that just liked to yell a lot. Well, on Wednesday, he had a business meeting and gruffly reminded everyone that I did not have nice clothing, but I would in the weeks coming right as he looked over at me. I thought, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, so then they end up leaving and I finally get a chance to talk to the secretary, the, the woman who worked over in the hutch. And as we're talking for the first time since I had been there, she seemed really relaxed. She was a little hunched over. She actually turned on the radio softly. We were also not allowed to have earphones in or listen to the radio or anything else like that when we worked in his basement. And so after all that was done, you know, uh, they, they went to their meeting and they were going to be gone for a while. And so she said, you know, we've probably got about three, four hours to be okay. I was like, all right, cool. We're talking. And then she's one thing led to another. And she ended up telling me about how high the turnover rate there was, but she worked for him because he was technically a member, you know, like 
uh, a friend of the family, her extended family, and she got this job, and she's like, and I feel bad leaving him. She's like, I'm just a people pleaser. I'm like, oh, God. And the other lady that worked there needed this job because he had worked it out to where if she managed to work there for a year for him, somehow it was going to count um, toward some project she was working on in college specifically for videography. And so she really needed that because she couldn't afford the equipment that he did have. And she's getting on hands training, you know, filming and shooting commercials and doing all this other stuff. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And that's okay. I can understand that too. And she asked me why I was there. And I was like, I actually have no goddamn idea why I'm here aside from the fact that I need a paycheck. And she was like, you know, you're not the first one to sit in that chair. I was like, no kidding. I said, what's this whole deal about like the 90 days and getting paid later? And she's like, because so many people quit. She was like, honestly, now I think this was April. She said since January, they had been through 17 people. More sirens went off in my head than a tornado test in Kansas. It was ridiculous. The entire time I'm sitting there, like after that, I wasn't even hearing her anymore. She just sounded like one of the, one of the, uh, one of Charlie Brown's adults, like, wah, 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 wah. and the entire time I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Get, get, get your stuff and go. Just leave now. And I couldn't. I, I couldn't. There was something that kept telling me, no, I, uh, I, I need this job. I, and I found myself crumbling into myself. It was horrible. And, um, and I thought about every other job I'd ever had and I'd done security for quite a long time. And I thought, I don't, I think I'd much rather be getting hit in the face with, with a chair again, you know, um, then, then sit here. And then reality came back with a check that bounced all over my face Whenever they showed up early and I guess the meeting had gone extremely bad and he wanted to know what I had gotten completed. I was like, well, I've just been going through Adobe Premiere and he yelled at me for about 20 minutes about how if I wasn't serious about this job, I should just go ahead and leave. But, you know, I that I didn't know what I'd be missing out on and all these other things. And I, I remember sitting there taking it and um, I was mad. I really was. I was really excruciatingly pissed. But there was also this voice in the back of my head that was like, just give it till tomorrow, man. Just come back, see if you can reinvigorate this and work. I was like, all right. And that was hard because even by the second day, I was dragging ass. I didn't even want to go there. I was praying to God. Like, you, you ever have those like dumb moments? Maybe this is just me. I kept thinking, I was like, you know, I know I have to go to work, but maybe the Hubble will land on me. Maybe that will take me out of the equation and I just don't have to show up. That's how absolutely non-confrontational I was. I just, and I just didn't want to seem like a quitter. I just didn't. I was like, no, I'm, I'm willing to, to take some more abuse. This, this will be okay. Things are fine. And, and they weren't. And the next day I, I managed to get to work early. I, I did. I came in. He was like, well, look at that. He was like, now, nah, if only you'd brought some suits. And I was like, Oh, breathe in. Breathe out, and I went and sat down, and I, you know, I readdressed the issue, and, and just you know was like, okay, just just let it go, just do what you can, focus on Adobe Premiere, start figuring this out, and um, you know, it was, I was pretty quiet, diligent, just working. When the lady that worked next to me came in, she sat down. I didn't say nothing. I just kept on working, and 
Um, I didn't, I didn't join in the small office talk the little bit that did happen that morning. And then he came over and there was something I did. And, uh, he said, you know, I was just, I was just, and I, and this is the part that a lot of me had to go back and redig this up because I thought what happened that moment? That moment was so lost to me. You ever get so mad or you ever lose sight of a situation so badly that when you get angry, you forget everything that led up to that circumstance. And then later, you know, you're just like, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know why I'm here. Thank God I'm not in jail. Well, something went wrong where I had evidently not done a few things right. I had managed to work on a few smaller video projects the previous afternoon. And I, I got through them because he was already on the warpath from the meeting not having gone right. But I forgot to quote unquote tag them and bag them, which meant I didn't enter some stuff in some metadata. I didn't. I didn't process the paperwork right, which makes his invoicing harder and all this other stuff. It was just nuts. It, it, and and he gave me, he basically gave me a dressing down right there. Now, understand, I, I grew up with a military father. I grew up on a base and I've messed up on there before. And even having sat in front of a full bird colonel and when I got in real trouble on a base one time, I have never been spoken to this way before. And even then, when I was addressed back then, that was just more matter of fact and, you know, dead serious. This guy was just, this particular boss was just a joke. He was just yelling to yell. He was essentially just angry at the whole circumstance and situation and wanted to make a point that I understood that my job was at stake. And uh <laughs> It kind of struck me. I know I make a lot of references to the Princess Bride, but even when Vizzini was uh, was yelling at uh, at Andre the Giant, you know, and um, he's like, you know, they're they're trying to go up the cliffs of insanity, and he's you know yelling at him. He was like, you know, um, you were supposed to be this great, strong wonder of the world, you know, and you know, is it clear that your job is at stake? Even though, like, you know. <laughs> Even though Fezzik is just like, you know, well, you know, because you know, the man in black is gaining on them. And he's like, well, you know, he he's not carrying three people and everything else like that. And it didn't matter. And for some reason, this little punk of a dude became Vizzini for me. I was really furious and I was really mad. I remember turning and I'm not even joking. There was a big part of me that just wanted to sh- jump up and yell right back in his face. Um, I, I don't like getting angry like that. I, 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 it's been many years where I try to like get out of that sort of thing. Having worked even security in other places like that. Sometimes, you know, you just can only take so much and you break down and you get mad. Um, and I come from a family of hotheads and <laughs> a long line of people that love to box and other things like that. And they just settle things with their fists a lot. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to be that, you know? And I remember turning, I was really quiet. I stopped responding and I simply said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I turned and I faced my computer and he went outside and he guess he needed to smoke or something. And I was right in the middle of a project. I just reached behind the desk and I pulled the plug on the computer and I didn't bother. I just pulled the plug. I packed my bags. I turned to the lady sitting next to me. She was like, you're going to quit, aren't you? I was like. Oh no, that, that, that happened a few days ago. Um, I just, I'm, I, I guess I'm just too stupid to realize it. Like my physical self is catching up with my mental and emotional self. And the other lady that the, 
at the hutch she seemed really upset she was like well it was really nice talking the other day i was like yeah it was a lot of fun i was like you two are gems you can do so much better than sitting in a basement having some guy put you through stockholm syndrome and i don't regret saying that and i walked out and there was still a part of me that didn't really want to face him didn't was hoping that i was going to get the hell out the door and he walked back in the front door and we met on the landing is like where where are you going going to lunch i was like I'm out, man. Oh. Oh. oh uh, okay. Uh, uh, did, you, did you get all your stuff? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's all here. Um, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't have a suit. And I, <laughs> I remember I couldn't help but be a little bit snarky at that point and kind of put that back on him. He goes, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you your, uh, your, your, your paycheck. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, you know, uh, prorated, you know, for for today. You, I mean, as you understand, you won't get a full day of payment today. And I, I just looked at him. I was like, yeah, I, cool, man. And I walked out and I, I don't remember if I closed the door. I just walked down the thing. I never looked back. And I got to my truck. I got in. And it felt like I was numb. I drove down the street. And... I'd driven around that area before on the the previous few lunch breaks I'd had, and there was a park. It was a little man-made lake in that area, and I pulled over, and I walked over to a bench, and I sat there, and I distinctly remember, no, 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 uh, no amount of time can ever take this memory away from me, I distinctly remember seeing people walking their dogs, um, some ducks, and feeling the wind on my face, the sun on my hands, and the heat on the bench and I let out a huge sigh of relief and no shame here. I didn't full on cry, but I definitely got choked up. Not because I quit, not because of any other reason than I was able to overcome and override this need I had to just people please and stay in a place where I was getting kind of run over and I was able to walk away from that. And I think back then, especially specifically for that moment was when it dawned on me that no job was worth my health. Now that became a roller coaster over the next few years many circumstances and times and you know would come and go and and i would struggle through a lot of stuff and it manifested again like at hallmark at the museum at just different places and now again this is simply my own my own experiences and things that i've gone through and i i'm very blatant about what it was like working at these places and what i went through and um but i also remember how you know the more integrated you get into places, whether it's just a few days to, you know, overlapping years and months and time, it can, it can all add into a negative or a positive connotation for your mindset on things. And I have, I have never had a circumstance where I've ever worked anywhere with a big group of people and been able to really make it work. And the really crappy part about this is, is that, you know, if a future employer ever wanted to listen to this, uh, they'd probably be like, oh, God, this is not the guy I want to hire. And that's cool. I 
kind of don't want that job then. <laughs> and, and I know that sounds like a really kind of smart aleck thing to say, but it's true. It took me a long time, too many decades, to realize that I should have probably been trying to make a go of this on my own. I love working contractually. I love going into places and working a little bit and then going the hell home after that. I don't like taking my work home with me. I'm not a company guy. I will never be that. And I don't like how most of the societal aspects function on the ability for us to literally celebrate that in manifestations like pop culture, where you have songs like working for a living and, you know, things like that, or even like, you know, back in the nineties, when you'd have a comedy section on ABC that was literally called TGIF, thank God it's Friday. And so you go home and you start watching television at seven until 10 o'clock at night. And that's your celebration is just to watch more, you know, mass media produced concepts um, from a giant corporation after you get done working for whatever corporation, company or place you worked for that you weren't happy with in the first place. Now, I understand. Don't get me wrong. There's been jobs I've worked in my life I did not like. There's plenty that I did because I had to and I stayed with them and I stuck with them because of that. In this circumstance, I at least had my primary uh, income, which wasn't a lot, but it was working security. I did pick up some hours and I finally got another job at that point. I think after that, I ended up working three jobs for a long time and I've always kind of done that thing. It, uh, but all of that still didn't add up to a healthy mindset. And it, you know, it finally came to a culmination recently, but thinking back to what I started all of this with, you know, what, 30 minutes ago, I hope that if there's anything anyone listening to this comes out with is that your life is absolutely worth it. Take the time to think about where you are, what you're doing, what your options could be, because if you're really unhappy with your job, you can get another one. You really can expand beyond that and you really can redefine who you are. It doesn't mean that I didn't learn and, you know, gain skills and knowledge and experience in general from the multitude of places I've worked. Of course I did. And there's plenty of people I've met along the way that I treasure and care about immensely to this day. I mean, seriously, friends, all, you know, just friends come in the weirdest places and, and, and they just, they appear in your life. And when they're there, you're grateful for them. And sometimes they're just work people that you see and you never hear from them again. And sometimes they're the kind of people that'll be around in your life for a lot longer, you know, in and out sporadically or almost every other day. It just depends. But I know that all, even with all of that good, I often will run across people that will talk about, you know, like I have one, uh, one acquaintance that there's quite a few times that. And I, I tend to, a lot of people tend to think I have a very busy schedule and I do. And I don't, um, I try to make a lot more time for myself and be a little bit more selfish because of years of just always trying to chase these, these dreams or these other things that never really paired out. And I try to take time to really go, you know what, is there time to hang out? Let's do it now. I'm not going to plan ahead. Let's just next week. Let's make a phone call. Let's do this. And there's times I messed up on that too, but I always try and come back full circle and do that. Because the truth is, is that you can plan and plan and plan if you keep on skipping a, a meeting or something like that before you know it, it goes away. But there's also something to be said about forcing that sort of thing. If you're, if you're naturally friends and naturally having good times, then that's great. But if it's forced circumstance and you're just doing it, it's really no different, you know, doing it because you need it and it's not ideal. It's no different than just doing a job because you need the income. 
you should always be looking for something that's going to ultimately make you happy in life. And never, ever, as a good friend of mine told me, never let yourself be defined by the place that you work. Never. Even if it's the best place in the world. I could be working for Weta. I could be working for Pixar. Or I could be working for a small food truck somewhere. All three of those places would play to big loves of mine in life. Okay? But I'm still me. And I still have things I want to do. Things I want to publish. And things I want to create. And out of the three of them, something like the food truck, if I could own it, or if I was the main cook, or if I was the person behind the marketing for it, might be more fulfilling than the other two. Because the other two are still large companies and corporations. And it's kind of hard to make your dream come true when there's a whole bunch of other dreams around you and you're not really sure how much attention yours is worth. But it is absolutely the most important when you've got your eyes set on it. And I would rather spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how I can make my dreams and these other smaller dreams that can possibly become bigger dreams of friends of mine into amazing things. I just wish I'd figured this out a few years earlier, but then I wouldn't have all this experience to pull from. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. I am Mario the Artisan Rogue. I don't think I introduced myself at the beginning of this. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. You can find me uh, as uh, my my handle at you know at the Artisan Rogue. You can find me on Etsy, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. You can find me everywhere, including places that I don't know. You know, I don't even remember what the logins and passwords are for anymore. I'm going to keep using that stupid joke until it's no longer funny, which was probably last episode. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you in the next podcast.